Well, God is good. Welcome, welcome everybody. Good to have you here tonight. It's good to worship the Lord together. Good to be in His presence. And in all things are possible type of atmosphere. Amen. Welcome. We're, we're in for some special stuff tonight. Uh, say it's special, but it's, it's good every time. But, you know, if, you're, if you are new with us around here, uh, we're so glad you came. Make sure on the way out tonight in the main lobby, stop by our guest reception area. We have a gift for you and uh, like to say hi. And uh, we're so glad you came to uh, check things out. And we're, we're believing that God will work mightily in your life and you'll never be the same again. And, and if he doesn't, we'll give you a gift. And uh, we're covered, I tell you. <laughs> No, this is not a what if, not a maybe not, but uh, we'll give you both. Amen? Yeah. Presence of God, word from heaven, and a gift. Yeah? We're blessed tonight. We're thankful to have our, our friend and our, our brother in the Lord and minister of God, uh, Greg Fritz, with us. Uh, so, uh, it's been, uh, I don't know, a little over a year, I guess since his last visit to town, and, uh, and so we're in a good place, and we're ready to receive the word. He's been uh, traveling all over the United States and the world for, uh, for just about 30 years, and so has tons of experience in being used of God, a uh, tremendous uh, teacher of the word, and also a Holy Ghost man, all right, to bring the word and the spirit. And how many know that's what we're all about around here? the Word and the Spirit. And so uh, let, let's receive him tonight with an expectant heart for God, the gift of God to work powerfully through him. He's got free reign in here, uh, you know, within certain constraints. No, <laughs> no, we actually trust him. Uh, and so if he goes a certain direction, I'm okay with it. You know, it, you know, the word, the prayer, whatever happens, uh, we're just, we just go with it. And so if, you, if you're going to look over at me and say, is he okay with this? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Everybody ready tonight? All right. Brother Greg, come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. That was quite an introduction. Um, I love your pastor. I knew him when he was single. And I'll tell you a funny story. He went to Ramah and couldn't get married. Isn't that funny? He went for two years and came back to Idaho single, which was a miracle. And I thought he'd missed his window of opportunity. I did. He was in Twin Falls and there's no girls there. It's all married men, Max from there. But boy, did he strike it rich with his wife. And, uh, oh my. and I tell you what, I love their kids. One of the treats that I get is to come and see their kids. They usually go out with us. And if I could have kids like that, you ought to have three more. Those are just... You know what I'm saying? They should just give you, when you find something you do well, you should keep doing it. Anyway, I don't know if that's something they are interested in, but, but we'd like to have a few little more little blonde-haired boars running around here, wouldn't we? 
I guess grandkids are in order too. Praise God. Well, it's great to be here. I love this church. What a, what a miracle. What a, a, you know, you guys lift up the standard of righteousness in this whole part of the country and thank God for Life Church in Boise. Man, oh man. I have, um, it seems like every time I come I get something, but I haven't gotten anything yet, but I get something with your name on it. I'm still wearing, in fact, I wore it last night, a, a, life, a life Church Man Camp t-shirt. It's kind of worn out. It's been 10 years. But, um, and I've got a Boise State t-shirt that I wear with pride. Yeah. And I'm from Oklahoma, so that's something. But I would like to put in a request. I do have now in my house a coffee bar, and I have coffee mugs, and I would love to have a Life Church coffee mug in my coffee bar, and then I'll think about you every time I use it. Do you have those? Used to. Oh, well, sorry. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) You're giving gifts back there. What are they? For the visitors. What do we get? Free cars or something? Anyway, they're back there. I do have a word for you. Uh, There have been a lot of things happening in my own ministry since I was here last year. It's been an amazing year for us. We're now doing uh, a daily internet TV program called Good News, and you can all watch it because it's on the internet, unless you're like my mom and you have a flip phone. (laughs) My mom said, I want to watch your program. I said, you can't. You have a flip phone. So we went to the store and bought a smartphone, and brother, did I not realize that I was going to be technical support forever. But anyway, if you have a smart device, you can go to gospeltruth.tv, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, and get my program, and we are having a ball. I I haven't had an outlet like that in my life, and it's so fulfilling to be able to teach the Word of God. I just finished teaching one week on hell and one week on heaven. I called it Hell Week, and... uh, (laughs) And so, uh, but, but those things are coming out, and, and uh, we'd love to have you come look at it. You can go find them on YouTube also. We do podcasts. And, th- and I think we have a promo. I threw that at them at the last minute. But if you have that 30-second promo, you could play that now, and I'll show you kind of what the program looks like. There it is. So what it is, is is an answer to all the bad news that's flooding the airwaves. It can be completely overwhelming. And the Lord really dealt with me when I was watching news and I was just kind of frustrated. And he said, you know, there is a lot of good news in the world. There's plenty of good news in the world. It just doesn't get as much coverage. So I wrote this book and called it Good News as opposed to bad news or fake news or network news or broadcast news or news talk radio. This is good news and it will make you so happy. It's so good the bad news doesn't matter. 
And so uh, these books are back there. They will, they will bless you and help you. And we've got some other series that I'll mention. I'm going to talk to you about something God has been dealing with me about, and I believe it'll help you too. And it's called Living With No Regrets. And I have this series. It's brand new. And it's back there, uh, that, and you can get this plus some scripture cards. And I wanted to just mention this case I don't get back to it. But if you'd like to buy this uh, series, Living With No Regrets, get ready for the future by getting over the past. God has a future for you. But you can't be fully committed to the future if you're looking in the rearview mirror. You got to get over it. You needed somebody to tell you, get over it. You needed permission to get over it. You need somebody to come here and say, let it go and go on with God. It's not worth whining about and crying about and mourning over. It's time to go forward. Amen. So I packed that truth into these messages and you can get those. And if you'd like to buy one of these, we have scripture cards that go along with them that I won't open, but these will go with it. And these scripture cards really are the key because you begin to quote the Bible uh, and, and apply it to your own past. And the hurt and the mourning and the pain and the memories kind of go out by displacement. You replace them with the word of God you can be happy again. But if you'd like to get this, it's $24, and we will give you a book. The books are $12, but we'll give you a book to go with the series if you're interested in that. So I want to talk to you about that subject because it's it's something that is just, I just can't get away from. In fact, I'm writing a book on it right now. I believe that we are moving into a new season that the church as a whole is moving forward. And with every change of season, there is the temptation to look back. It's just natural that you look back. When you're about to graduate high school, you look back on your high school career. And you have things that you remember that make you happy, and you have things that you remember that you probably could have done better. But you have to get the diploma, and you have to move on. Can you say amen? So why don't we do this? Let's stand up one more time, and we're going to pray, and then I'm going to share as much of of this as I can with you so you can kind of get the gist of it, because really, the, the full impact of this message, this revelation, comes when you take the Word of God and you apply it to your own life, and it works. I'm telling you, the Word of God works for anybody. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. Lead us into your truths, we pray. Give me unction in the Holy Spirit. Help me to say what needs to be said so that the people receive the truth that you have for them tonight. And cause us not to be forgetful hearers, but doers of the word. And let us put it into practice and see the results in our lives so that we can be the people that you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do and bear much fruit in the days to come. We give you praise, glory, and honor for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. I do want to say this as you're seated. Uh, I, I did know your pastor when he was single and, and he was a very, very good youth pastor. And I, I mean, everything that he did, he did with excellence. And uh, you're, you're in such good hands here under these shepherds who care about you and have raised this church up. I mean, I was here when you met in a a shopping center by a Mexican restaurant. And it was cool because you could preach and then go eat Mexican food. It was kind of neat. But but it has just grown and God's hands on this church. And, And, you know, along with this message, the best is yet to come. 
Do, do you realize that? I, I mean, you can't even understate, you can't overstate that truth right now. Where we are right now, as Life Church, as individual believers in the body of Christ today in 2018, the best is yet to come. Amen. Praise God. Regret is defined as a feeling of sorrow or remorse for a fault, an act, a loss, a disappointment, etc. Sadness, sorrow, mourning, and regret exist over past experiences. You may or may not have caused them, but in many cases, there's nothing you can do about it now. When you look back, there are things that just maybe didn't go the way you thought they should or way the way they should have, and you would love to go back and do it over, but you can't. And what I found as I was, you know, looking back and reminiscing is that there were subtle and sometimes not so subtle feelings of regret and mourning and sadness about experiences in my own past. And I just got to the point where I know the Lord said, enough is enough. Get over it. And I want to share that with you. I was reading a book by Kenneth Hagin. And in the book, he said somebody had come up to him for prayer. And he said he prayed with them, but when they left, he knew they didn't receive because he still heard the whine in their voice. And when I saw that, it sort of convicted me. I thought, ooh, do I have a whine in my voice? And I realized in certain instances, I did. And I thought, so that's not the will of God. It's not the will of God for you to be sorry and sad. You'd say, but I did it. Yeah, I know, but it's not the will of God for you to be sad about it for the rest of your life. Jesus came because of our faults and failures and mistakes, and that means something. He did what he came to do so that you could be free from your past. And I I can't explain it other than I feel like I'm on a mission. I feel it tonight. I feel it right here, right now. I feel like I'm on a mission to eradicate and remove sorrow and mourning and grief and shame and condemnation from this room. I want you to leave free from your past, free from mistakes, free from brokenness, free from brokenheartedness, free from negative emotions and full of the Holy Spirit with nothing but faith for your future. And that's what God wants you. I don't believe we can fully give ourselves to the future until we get over the past. Say, well, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't know what you've done, but I don't know if you know what he did. And what he did has eradicated what you did. That's what it's all about. The seed for this revelation comes from revelation, and I want to take you there. In, in Revelation 21. And I've preached on this for many years. And I love this thought. Revelation 21 and verse 4. This is after we all get to heaven. And it says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor crying, nor sorrow. There will be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. There's coming a day where we're going to be in heaven. There's going to be no more devil. There's going to be no more evil, no more, nothing that causes pain or grief or sorrow. And you're going to be in a new body, and you're going to be living with God in your midst. And this is the time 
when God will come and personally wipe away every tear from your eyes. Now, when God wipes away your tears, he's not saying, you know, it's not so bad. He's saying there's nothing left to cry about. And I love that concept because I knew instinctively that when we get to heaven, we're not going to spend eternity regretting the things that we did here. How many of you know, we're not going to sit up in heaven and be sorry for the past forever and ever and ever. And here it says, God is going to wipe away. In other words, if there's any regret left on your being, and if there's any scar or stain left by sin or mistakes or tragedy or heartache that's left on you at this point in time, God himself is going to personally remove it. And what hit me was, Jesus has already paid for this. We can have this now. We can apply what he did to what we did. We can get rid of our tears. And when God comes to us on this day, we can say, thanks, Father, but I already got rid of my tears. I applied what he did to my life, and I've been free for years and years and years. Listen, we are people that are supposed to be glad about something. That makes us different. Because if you look at the political landscape and the news landscape today, everybody's mad about something. If you're not careful, you can watch it and get mad too. But we have good tidings of great joy to all people. One of the things that ought to make us different than the world around us is we're glad about something. I'm still glad that I'm going to heaven. I'm still glad I got saved. I'm still glad that Jesus is Lord and that the Bible's true. I got good news for the world. God's not mad at you. God's not angry. God's not frustrated. God's not wringing his hands. God loves the world. That's something to be happy about. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. Did I say that on that ad? I think I may have. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. Why? It's just mind over matter, brother. Nope, nope, nope. It's not mind over matter. It's the blood over matter. It's the redemption over matter. It's what Jesus did over what I did. It's based in reality, in truth. You are free from the past. Whether you realize it or not, Jesus has already taken care of it. And you can be happy. Oh, if I had time, I could give you story after story. My wife's testimony is one. It's a a real tragedy. And if anybody had a right to never be happy again, it was her. But she got over it. And she got healed. And she's happier than me. It's not fair. Luke 4.18 says that Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Have you ever thought about that statement? He, Jesus said, the Spirit of God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Who on earth can heal a broken heart? Who on earth could make that guarantee? Who on earth could invite you to their office or their clinic and say, I can heal your broken heart? Nobody. They can medicate it and they can counsel you about it and they can help you hopefully out of your depression, but nobody can heal a broken heart. But God can. I don't care what's gone on in your past. You can be free and you can be happy. And evidently, somebody needed to come tell you that tonight. You can be happy.
Sometimes the greatest testimony we can give God is to just be happy. (laughs) Just rejoice and give glory and honor to him. Praise God. First John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. The Bible says, and I can't find it right now, it's in Psalms, it says, He will turn your mourning into dancing. You know, when you're really hurting, and, and if you really went to get professional help, you'd be happy if they could turn your brokenheartedness, your depression into melancholy. You know, could you just, can I just move one, just like, like one degree? So, well, we might be able to do that in six or eight months if you come back every week. But the Bible says he'll turn your mourning. I mean, he changes your zip code. He'll take you so far from where you were, you won't even know how to get back. He can turn your mourning into dancing. Man, that is big. That's a big change. Would you let God do that for you? He can do it for anybody. I'm giving you permission to let it go. Let's take a few areas that we can apply this to. I start easy. I like this one. Missed opportunities. And we were talking about having the youth in here, and I said, well, you know, it's probably not a youth-type thing, living with no regrets. They haven't even done anything yet. (laughs) This is for us more mature people that haven't done everything right. (laughs) How many of you can look back now and go, wow, I wish I had a bought Apple stock. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Wish I'd have bought Walmart stock. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that. You know, you could spend the rest of your life wishing your life away, looking back and seeing everything that you could have done or should have done or would have done, didn't do, and now what? You know what? You didn't do it, so get over it. I could have been a millionaire. Yeah, well, you're not, so get over it. I could have been an NFL star running back. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not so sure about that. But if that's what you want to think, fine. But you can't be that now. I can tell by looking at you. That train has left the station. You know, I was about, I was the same age or I am the same age as Emmett Smith. And he is an NFL Hall of Fame running back for the Dallas Cowboys. And I was the same, you know, I was watching the Cowboys at the time in Oklahoma. We don't, I don't know if you've heard of Oklahoma, but we don't have a professional football team. We do have a basketball team now, and Kevin Durant left, but whatever. I'm not going to hold. We're over it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but but, but uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> so I was the same age as Emmett Smith, and at the height of his NFL career, I happened to hear his, his, some of his personal statistics, and I heard that he was 5'11", 185. Well, I knew I was 5'11", and I ran to the scales, and lo and behold, I'm 185. And the thought occurred to me, maybe I too. (laughs) 
I mean, if you boil it down, you're 5'11", 185, you run 100 yards a week in two hours. I could do that, probably. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Listen, I don't know what you could have done or would have done or should have done, but we're not talking about the past. We're talking about right here, right now. And there comes a point in your life where you got to say, you know what, I'm going to quit looking back because I don't have that to live over again. But what I do have is my future. That's all I have. And I'm going to put everything I've got into the years I have left and let God make more out of my future than I could have made out of my past if I went back and lived it over again. How many of you believe God could do that with you? Yes, he can. There's people that are wringing their hands thinking, uh-oh, I didn't have kids. I never had kids. I wish I'd have had kids. How life would have been different if I'd have just had kids and they're 50 or 60 years old. And other people are 50 and 60 years old and they're going, why did I have kids? I had kids. I wish. How my life would have been different if I hadn't had kids. They keep coming back, and I send them out, and they come back. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Everybody's got history. Everybody's got skeletons. Everybody has events that they wish weren't there, but they're there. Deal with it. I'm giving you permission to let it go. Anybody getting this tonight? I, it's not real deep, but it's very important. The fact is, you're here now. You have today. And God has a future for you. Every one of us. He has something for us to do. And I believe it's a very important season where he's calling all hands on deck. And he's saying, I want to do a work in your eyes that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. You know, he told Habakkuk that. Habakkuk was wringing his hands and talking about how bad things were. And God said, I'll do a work in, in the nations that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. So he got with the program. Can we get with the program today? Let me give you this verse. Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14. I love this verse, but it's very encouraging. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. I just love that verse. You know what that means? God's not wringing his hands over your past. He knows you. In fact, God knew you weren't going to ace life. Maybe you thought you were. The rest of us knew you wouldn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, what do you think? What did you think? You were going to be perfect? Sure, you've got things. Yeah, sure you have. But that doesn't mean you quit. That doesn't mean it's over. That doesn't mean that plan B is now enforced and you can never be what you were supposed to be. No, let that thought go and be who God's called you to be and have confidence in God that he can still do what he said he would do. God never gives up on you. So don't give up on him. He knows, he knew what he was dealing with when he got you. Joel 2.25, here's a good scripture for people that have regrets. Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. God can restore years to you. You know, we've had a lot of people work for us and we tell them when they come, 
you're going to make mistakes. There's a hundred things to remember and you're going to, some things are going to slip through the cracks and all of them come and some of them find new ways to make mistakes and it's surprising. Oh, wow, I never saw that one before. You have to put that one on the list. Because uh, we do. We know that they're going to do things and it's going to cost money and, and, and the ones that, that, that get the most upset about it are the hardest ones because we have to wait for them to make the mistake. We have to pay for the mistake and then we have to wait for them to get over the fact that they made a mistake and that they're shocked that they made a mistake. When we said it was coming, we knew it was coming. We saw it coming. And we still have a job to do. Is anybody getting this? God knew what he was getting when he got you. He's okay with it. He made, he took precautions. (laughs) He, He built it in, he knew it. He knows your frame. He's a father that pities. He's, he's, his heart goes out to you. And it's not, we're not saying that it, it didn't matter. Sure, it mattered. Sure, I wish you'd all bought Apple stock. We'd have a huge offering tonight and everybody would be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it matters, but, 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 but so what? You're not going to hit every opportunity. You're not going to do everything just right. Things are going to go crazy and, and you're going to do stupid things. But Jesus came for that reason. I was in a seasonal change years ago and in fact, I was about to travel, do what I've been doing now for almost 30 years. And as I was moving out of that season, I knew it was coming to a close. And I knew that I was moving on. And I knew that there were relationships and situations that I would move away from and never see again. And I had that sense that we always have in, in a time like that. I, I was going over these different areas with God saying, oh, Lord, I wish I'd have done that differently. And I wish I hadn't have done that. And Oh, gosh, I wish I'd have, you know, I just didn't see it, Lord. I didn't, and oh, I wish I hadn't have done that. And, and, and finally, he just stopped. I was praying in other tongues, and he gave me this picture of a, of a, um, of a college career. He said, your last several years was like a college career. And every relationship that you had that you're grieving over, and some of them you're not, but these relationships represent courses And these relationships represent professors. And he said, some of the courses you did really good in. And some of them you didn't do so good. But you passed. You got your diploma. Don't have any more resentfulness or regret over these areas that you didn't do so well in as you would have against a difficult professor who taught a difficult course that you barely passed. What would happen if you had a difficult professor and a difficult course and you passed? You go so long, (laughs) no hard feelings, I got what I came for, I'm out of here. And that's what the Lord was telling me was, you made it. You got what you came for, now close the book, Take your diploma and go on into the next phase of your life. Isn't that great? Some of you are in that position right now. And I'm telling you, yeah, you didn't, you probably were a C student in some courses. So, C students pass. I mean, look, 
We're not all 4.0 material. You, you see what I mean? Only Jesus aced life. All the rest of us have some difficult areas where we don't score so high. But if you've moved on, move on. Get your diploma. You got more things to do. Who wants to get their diploma and sit and regret every single test and every single exam and every single thing that they didn't do? That There's no need for that. When you go to the doctor and he goes in and you pay good money, on his wall, what do you see on the doctor's wall of his office? You see a diploma. <laughs> you don't see a grade transcript. Maybe we should. <laughs> Excuse me, doctor, is that a D in anatomy? Is this... Is, uh, I'm going to have to cancel this appointment. No, you get a diploma. That's what you get to see. They did what was required to become a doctor and practice on you. Take your diploma and move on. Are you getting the picture? Sure. Things could have been done differently. But you know what? You can't go back. One of the problems of men, and I'm doing a men's breakfast Saturday, so I'm kind of getting ready for it. And one of the, the midlife crisis thing is, it, it, it's, it's a paradox. It's one of life's unfair cruel paradoxes. By the time you get old enough to see what you did wrong, you're too old to go back and do it over again. <laughs> and that creates the conditions necessary for a midlife crisis. <laughs> so what am I saying? We've all done things like that. We've all gone through it. You're not any different than anyone else. But God needs you and you can't spend the rest of your life being sorry and sad and regretting things that you can't change. Jesus is alive and that means something. Jesus is on the throne and he's got a plan for your life. So pick up your things and get your diploma and walk away. Throw your head in the air and say it's time to move into the next phase of my life. I don't have strings and in this college there's no debt. You're free. You can go ahead and move on. Is anybody getting anything out of this? It's helping me. You say, well, how do I know if I'm in that category? Listen, if you're here and you still love God and you got a Bible and you haven't thrown it all away, you're in. We need you. If you're a visitor, they got gifts. I don't know why that's funny. Is it a free car? What do, what do we get? Because I'm like a, kind of like a visitor. <laughs> shall, shall, we, shall we cover another area? We could do it as long as possible. Let me just skip to this one. And, and as I said, I have these scripture cards and I use these myself. And that's kind of why I made them available because they help me. I, I take these out and I begin to confess what God's done for me and who I am. And by the time you get done, the wine's gone out of your voice. 
Because God said, I'm a, I'm a king and a priest, and I'm chosen, and I'm blessed, and I'm blameless, and I'm forgiven, and I'm adopted, and I'm chosen by God, and, and, I, I, and the Spirit of God dwells in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got a future. I don't have time to wring my hands about past experiences. Let me give you this one, because this one, it snuck up on me, and as a minister... Maybe this will help you. I call it broken relationships. If, if there was one surprise in my life, it was the fact that I would lose friends. And, and not, not in the sense that you think, but when you get saved, how many of you knew you're going to lose friends? We've, we saw that coming. And we thought, so be it. I'm going on with Jesus. And you move on and you make new friends. You make new Christian friends. And you think in the back of your mind, this is it. I mean, we're, we're Christian. We believe the same things. We're going on to eternity together. But the shock is that those people won't necessarily be your friends for life. And that's okay. <laughs> I know, that's a new thought, isn't it? You, well, most places you go, which I'm not going to do this, but they teach you how to win friends. And influence people. And I'm not going to teach on that. There's plenty of material on that. I'm going to teach you how to lose friends. Because there's no material on that. There's no material on losing friends. But I can tell you this. Broken relationships can cause you grief and pain for the rest of your life if you let it. And they are going to happen. Thankfully, we're not in a... A club here where, where, where whoever gets the most friends wins. Your success in God's kingdom is not determined by how many friends you keep. Now, I'm not saying you should run people off. But I'm just saying that, that relationships come and go. And don't read too much into it. It happens. And it happens to the best of us. And it's okay. Some things go, go wrong, and maybe sometimes it's your fault. Maybe sometimes it's not your fault. Maybe sometimes it's a combination, but there's nothing you can do about it. Paul said it this way in Romans 12, verse 18. He says, if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Isn't that interesting? Paul was the one that said all things are possible and, and, every, and every spiritual blessing is yours. He uses words like every and all and possible. And here he says, if it's possible. Doesn't sound like a faith man, does it? You know why? It's not always possible. It's not always possible to live peaceably with all men. Relationships are going to come and they're going to go. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. And I know that these things need to be said. I can sense it. That there, there, there exists confusion. Like I was supposed to preserve all these relationships for the rest of my life. And since I haven't, something's wrong. Maybe not. Maybe there was nothing you could do about it. Or maybe there was, but there's not now. There's some relationships that are just not worth the emotional investment that you have to make to maintain them. I know, you never heard that before, but I'm telling you, there's some relationships, you just need to let them go. Now, if it's husband and wife, do not misquote me. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> don't, 
don't, you, you talk to the pastor about uh, the, the pastoral staff about that. I'm not ta- telling you to lose. But there are other relationships, lesser ones, that maybe you just need to move on. I, I'll give you an example. Sometimes you're in a good church, a healthy church like this one, and somebody, for whatever reason, decides they don't like the church anymore and they leave bitter. And they have poison in their heart and in their mouth toward your church and toward your pastor. The Bible says, mark those who cause division among uh, among you and avoid them. Sometimes you just need to walk away. Let me give you an example. Well, let me just give you some points. Number one, not every relationship you will have that you have will last a lifetime. Some relationships are seasonal on purpose. God will bring somebody into your life for a while and then they'll leave. And if you read too much into that, you're going to be trying to hold on to something that's over. So let it go. We got a race to run. We got a battle to fight. We got a war to, 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 to win. And, and we, we can't get entangled with some of these things. There are times when you just have to say, it, it was fine, it's over, I'm moving on. Number two, about broken relationships. It hurts to lose friends. It hurts. And that's the problem, is that nobody wants to see that happen. And everybody wants to avoid it. And then when it happens, it hurts and you want to fix it. And, and as long as you're trying to fix it, the hurt's going to remain. If, and I'm not telling you, I mean, I can't tell you who and what, but, but there are times I had to do it. You'll have to do it when you have to say, you know what? I've hurt enough over this. I'm going to move on. If I had nothing else to do with my life, fine. But I got things to do for God. And he doesn't want me to feel this way every day. He doesn't want me to hurt like this over something that I can't change. How many of you are glad somebody just said these things instead of just, I'm just going to say it. I know I could preach other things, but I want you to be ready for your future by getting over the past. Here's the thing about hurt, hurt. You're not too good to be hurt, precious. You're not too good to get hurt. Who do you think you are? You're not too good to be hurt. You will be hurt. And when it hurts, it will hurt. When you get hurt, it will hurt. And I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you that. But that's how it is. And so, let's get on with it. You don't have to be a hostage to past experiences. You don't have to be held in bondage by things that happened in your past. You can be free. Run. You can run again. You can be happy again. You can have a song in your heart again and a spring in your step and a smile on your face. And that's what God wants for you. Let me tell you two things that are true. No matter how little that's gone wrong in your past, Satan wants you to regret it. No matter how perfect it's been, he'll pick out something to to cause you sorrow over. And on the other hand, no matter how bad it's been in your past, Jesus can set you free. Hallelujah. 
Don't you sit there and put yourself in a category all by yourself. No, 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 no. Don't allow it. Number three, this is in broken relationships. Always attempt to restore. Try, try to restore. We're not the ones that are going to create problems. We try to fix them. But we realize at some point you have to realize when it's not going to work. And this is where the scripture fits perfectly. Paul said, if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If you've offended someone, take responsibility for it and ask for forgiveness. But some relationships just, they're beyond repair. I'll give you this example now in, in um, Acts chapter 15. In fact, let's just read that together because it's really fascinating Acts chapter 15. And let's, let's see where we need to start. Um, let's just start in verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So Paul and Barnabas, does anybody re recognize those names? These are, this is the first missionary duo that went and changed the world on Paul's first missionary journey. They had done hard time together. They started New Testament churches. They were persecuted. They'd been in the trenches. They were buddies. They were war heroes and now they're going to go back and do it again Paul's second missionary journey and Paul said let's go back and Barnabas said uh, verse 27 Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark that was I believe that was his nephew and John had gone with them on the first missionary journey now I don't know if you I, you know obviously we've never really seen Paul but I have a feeling Paul was kind of a tough guy you know Maybe a little rough around the edges. He didn't tolerate sissies. He wouldn't have fit in too well <laughs> today, probably. Um, you know what I mean. So, so he's ready to go back and, and, and Barnabas wants to take John with him and John Mark had gone with him halfway and then he went back home to his mom. And Paul says... Paul, Paul said, verse, verse 38, Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them and had not gone with them to the work. You see what's happening here? This is Paul and Barnabas. These are important figures in church history and they are having a fight, an argument. And the next verse says in verse 39, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another and Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God and he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches, period. I, I read that over and over and I thought, but wait, wait a minute, they parted ways, they fought, they had a disagreement. They fell out of fellowship. They went different ways. And, and, and the Bible doesn't tell us who's right and who's wrong and who's, who should have listened to who and who needed to forgive who and, and who's to blame here. Whose side do I take? 
I mean, if you think about it, John Mark was young. He didn't know. And, and Barnabas is his uncle, and he looks up to him. And why couldn't Paul just have been sympathetic? But in the same token, I mean, Paul had something to do for God, and he didn't need more trouble with John, and he's kind of an unknown. He'd failed him before. So who's right and who's wrong? And, and, and who's, who's up here and who's down here? And who do we turn away from? And who do we embrace? And it doesn't say... It says they had a fight, then they went their different ways. Get over it. <laughs> you can read it in the Greek. You can read it in the Aramaic. It says the same old thing. They had a fight, and boom, they went their separate ways, and the Bible moves on, and God moves on, and Paul moved on, and Barnabas moved on, and the kingdom moved on. It's right there in the, in the Bible. I don't know if that blessed you, but it blessed me. I read it over and over and over again, and the Bible was like neutral. Neutral. I thought, maybe it's leaning. Nope, it ain't leaning. It's neutral. Nobody's at fault. Nobody's wrong. Nobody's right. They just went. And let me just tell you something. We don't see things from God's perspective. Relationships come and go. It's okay. But you got a responsibility to do the will of God. And when your life is over, he's not going to say, how many friends did you keep and how many did you lose? <laughs> no, that's not how it adds up. We see things from our perspective. And in our mind, that's division and that's terrible. I'm, listen, if anybody's for unity, I am. I don't like to burn bridges. I don't like to lose friends. I love people. And it hurts when you lose them. However, when you're talking about the kingdom, here we see this as division and a horrible thing, but it was literally multiplication. Because where there was one team of two, now there's two teams of two. And the kingdom is twice as well, as, as well off now as it was before. Did any, anybody see that? God can make something good out of anything. You may never get to the bottom of it. Maybe you don't need to. You may never prove your point. Maybe you don't need to. You may never be able to tell who was right and who was wrong. You know what? Maybe you just need to move on. And I'm, I admit I'm spending a little time on this one because I think it's important. There may be some needs in this room right now. And you're still hurting over something that happened. And maybe part of it was your fault. And I'm not even going to get into that. Because really that's not important. What's important is you recognize today, I can't fix that. I can't go back and do that over again. It's, it's done with. The best thing I can do, and this is the fourth point, is get over it. Hallelujah. Get over it. We're not in a popularity contest. I was in the position in my life and it was very real to me because I, you know, there's different kinds of people and personalities and I don't pretend to know all that, but I love people. I, I like people. I like to be around people and I like to joke with people and I don't like to lose friends. And there was a time when, when some very important people in my life, it's like we were going separate ways and I was trying to hold on and I was 
I was wringing my hands and I was sad and there was a whine in my voice and I was praying and I was asking God about it and I said, Lord, there's no way that I could have gotten where I am today without these relationships. There's no way that I would be the person I am and I can't imagine living without them and, 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 and how could you let this happen and we need to bring this back together and Lord, help me save this and salvage this and he just stopped me. And he showed me a picture. Many times God speaks to me this way, but he showed me a picture of a space shuttle. Have you ever seen a space shuttle on the launch pad? It's it's the shuttle, the, the glider part, and it has two rocket boosters that are attached. And those rocket boosters are full of fuel. And when that thing lifts off, it blasts off into space. And when it gets to the edge of the atmosphere, and it's used up all the fuel, those rocket boosters are ejected. And they fall back into the ocean and they're recovered. You know what I'm talking about? And I saw that picture and the Lord spoke this to my heart. He said, you're right. You wouldn't be the person you are and you would have never gotten where you are today without these relationships in your life. But you'll never get where you're going now with them. It's time to let it go. I said, okay, I I see that. I could do that. I didn't see that coming. That surprises me. I thought we were supposed to hold on to everybody and add more. But no, not always. Are you with me? Did that help somebody in here? Make sense out of some things maybe in your past to realize, you know what? Maybe it's not so strange. Maybe it's not so odd. Maybe this does happen to people. I can assure you that it does. And the minute the enemy tries to make you think that this is something that only you've experienced and nobody else has endured it and nobody understands, he's beat you. Because that's not true. He wants to isolate you and let you sit in sorrow and sadness for the rest of your life. But I'm not going to fall for it. You know what? I'm going to be happy. (laughs) I'm going to be glad. I'm going to be filled with good news of good tidings, uh, of great joy to all people. Did you know some things won't get fixed till we get to heaven? And then it'll get fixed. You'll get reconciled to everybody. You'll all make up. It might be over there, but it'll be fine. Can you say amen? amen. Oh my. Let me just give you one more. Can I do that? We'll make it short. And then we'll read some of these confessions. Uh, this is an easy one it's past sins and I won't go into all of it because it would take too long but past sins can just haunt you the longer you live the more you'll accumulate those mistakes and they can really haunt your life but let me tell you something Jesus died to forgive you of your sins And either he forgave you of all or he didn't forgive you of any. And if he forgave you, then accept it. He didn't forgive you so you could beat yourself up some more to pay some more on a price, a bill that's already been paid. Your grieving and crying and mourning over it doesn't help pay for it. I like to say it this way. Your sins are not as bad as you thought. They're worse. Yeah, they are. Sure. I don't care how bad you think it is. It's worse. And you should be in hell. You should go to hell forever. 
But Jesus came. And Jesus died. That changed everything. That changed your past. Say, well, I don't, you don't know what I've done. Do you know what he's done? I'm not belittling the, the, the power of your sin, but I'm going to tell you, when you compare it to the power of the blood and the power of what Jesus did for you, it can't compete. It has to be gone. You have to let it go. Hallelujah. I was in my prayer room the other day, and I got this. I'm going to share it with you. When, when Jesus appeared to the disciples on the shore of Galilee after his resurrection, remember that? Peter came and Jesus had that encounter with Peter. You remember what Jesus said to Peter? He says, Peter, do, do you love me? <laughs> and Peter was offended a little bit. He was kind of, he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then he said it again, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, well, yes, Lord, I love you. And if you could just read into that, how many of you know what Peter did? Every theologian and commentary will tell you that Jesus was dealing with Peter because of his betrayal. He betrayed Jesus three times. Jesus told him that he was going to do it, and he did it, and it crushed him. How many of you saw that in the Bible, and it hurt you that Peter did that? You go, oh, Peter, oh, oh, oh. He told you you were going to, oh, Peter, I feel so bad for you, Peter. And then you want to tell God, he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. You know, Peter, he loves you. He did. How many of you know all that? You know God knows all that? Did you know God knew all that before you did? Did you know God knew that before Peter sinned? Did you know Jesus knew that when he said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times? He didn't tell him that so he could be right. He told him that to help prepare him for his own, for his own mistake. And then when he got on the shore, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, that is a strange question. I have been so torn up over this because I do love you. You know I love you. I, I can't sleep at night. I can't relax. I can't believe I did what I did and you told me I was going to do it and I did it anyway. I can't believe. Of course I love you. You know I love you. Yes, I love you. And then, Peter, and then Jesus said, do you love me? What? What does that mean? And Peter's like, I should be asking you. I'm the one that betrayed you. Do you love me after what I did to you? Do you love me? That's the real question. No, that's not the real question. I don't care what you've done or where you've been. The question is always the same. Do you love him? Do you love him? Jesus said, Peter, look, nothing's changed. There's not been any change in heaven. We haven't changed the way we look at you. Your plans haven't changed. Your destiny hasn't changed. The only variable that's ever been is your love for me. Do you still love me? That's the only question that needs to be answered here today. And if the answer is yes, then go feed my sheep. Because we're not in the past, Peter. We're in the present. I don't care what you did. I knew you were going to do it. I took care of it. I died for that. The only thing that matters right now is do you love me and go do what I called you to do? And that's the message to you today. Do you still love him? You say, yeah, but you don't know. No, that's not the question. Oh, if we'd have been there, we'd have had so many, maybe so many different ways to deal with this. Like, Peter, sit down for a moment. Did you learn anything? Are you sorry for what you've done? Do you promise me that you're going to try to, I know you probably can't do better. You're such a mess up. But do you promise to try to do better? That's not how Jesus looks at you. He doesn't care about the past 
It's all about now and future. And what he's trying to tell Peter is, if you still love me, everything's on go. Nothing changed. Do you love him? Do you love him? That's the question. Isn't that powerful? If you say yes to that, then your destiny is waiting for you. Quit going back. Quit living it over and over again. Quit telling God about it and repenting for it's over. Feed the sheep. Do what you're called. See, Peter was called to feed the sheep. And the truth of the matter is, look, the sheep were waiting for Peter to get over it. The world needed Peter to get over it. The Lord needed Peter to get over it. And the Lord was saying, do you love me? Can we still do this? And Peter said, yes. That's all I needed to know. Hallelujah. 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 Same, same experience, and I'm going to close with this, but same experience with the prodigal son. Remember that story? Oh, the prodigal son, he blew it worse than Peter. He took his father's money. Isn't that something? I mean, if your son said, Father, I want to leave home. Fine, son, let me help you pack. You know? You're going to find out what life's all about. But he said, I want my inheritance, and then I want to leave. And the father gave it to him. I should have been there. Anyway. <laughs> He's going to come back either way. You might as well keep your money. But he gave him his inheritance. And he goes off and he blows it on riotous living. And I don't even want to explain to you what that is. But it's all the bad things you've ever heard of. That's what he did. And he ran out of money. And he ran out of fun. He ran out of everything. And he had nothing to show for it. You know, he could have invested in a business or education. You know, he could have bought stocks, Apple stock, <laughs> Walmart stock. Can you imagine what that'd be worth now? He, he wasted it. And then he came to himself and he said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my father everything I did. And I'm going to tell him how sorry I am. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to expect anything. I, I just need a job. I can't even make ends. I can't even survive. I can't even pay for food out here in this economy. My father's servants have it better than I do. I'll just see if I can just get a, just an entry-level job at my father's company. And if I could just do that, I'll be happy. So he got this speech all prepared. <laughs> and he's going back to father's house. And I hope this helps you like it's helped me. He's going back to father's house and the father saw him and ran to him. Ran to him. You know why the father saw him? It's in Luke 15. He was looking for him. Every day, he never gave up. He was waiting. And there's this long-awaited reunion. And it's like these two people are on two different paths. <laughs> the son starts with his pitiful confession. I did this, and I'm so sorry about that. And, you know, there's a few places you may not want to go <laughs> and tell them your name because it's, it's not good. And I should have saved some of that. I should have, I should have done. And if I could just, and the father, all the while, the father's hugging him, putting a robe on him, putting a ring on him. He's telling him to kill the, fa the, the father's just totally ignoring him. Did you know that some Christians are still in that mode? They've come back and they're still repenting over and reliving and rehearsing and reconfessing and 
reminding themselves of what they did. And the father is, is trying to celebrate. He's killing the fatted calf. Everybody's ready for the celebration. And you got to get on with the program. It's always present future. Present future. But if you, if, you, if you don't allow yourself to go there, you're going to be past. Past failure, past sin, past guilt, past regrets. And that's not the father's attitude. It was, he even explained it because the older brother got jealous and said, this guy's wasted it. And he comes home and you're killing the fatted calf. And he said, this, my son was dead, but now he's alive. In other words, we have a future. My son's home. My son's home. I don't care what he did. I don't care where he's been. I don't care what he, what he thought. I don't care what he wasted. He's home and we're going to have a celebration and we're going to have a life together. And that's all that matters. And because of what Jesus did, that's all that matters. Hallelujah. Quit spoiling the father's celebration. Shut up about it. We know you shouldn't have done it. We know it was stupid. We know. Get over it. Let the Father celebrate your return. And then go do what he's called you to do without any guilt, without any condemnation, without any sense of inferiority, without any sorrow, without any mourning, without any shame. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me? Oh my, I could literally go on for another hours, but I'm going to take you to the last page because in these scripture cards, we have all these different areas and we have scriptures that apply to them. So if you have a, an area that you're hurting in or that you've had experience in that you need to get over, you can begin to confess these scriptures. The loss of a loved one, we didn't get to that one. The loss of a loved one who's passed and gone on to heaven. There's grief and mourning associated with that. But there are scriptures that deal with that. But on the last page, let me just give you this confession. But first, let's bow our heads. Would you do that? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Tell me this. Maybe we should have a keyboard player. Uh, I, I would, we don't have to do this, but I do feel maybe a little bit arrested here that we should stop and give you an opportunity. I wish that I could just wave my hand over broken people and they would instantly be healed. And sometimes that happens just like physically. But in most cases, there's a process. And it can begin right now. And you could follow it up with the Word of God and you can be sure to have your joy back, to have your vision back, have your future back. But you may not be there at this moment. You may still be wrestling and hurting over the past. And if I'm talking to you tonight, and this message was to you, and you say, you know what? That was for me, and I want to take the next step. I'm ready to walk away. I'm, I have permission to get over it, and I'm going to get over it. If that's you, would you lift your hand and let me see it? Where are you? Oh, my. Yeah. I knew I wasn't the only one. They're everywhere. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Do we have like five minutes? Can I have them come forward? Hey, those of you who lifted your hand, would you do that for me? Would you come forward and just gather? I love to have altar services and this is a perfect time to do it. But come on up here and, and let us give you some personal attention.
Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. 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 I believe God gave me that word, and it was this. You're not too good to get hurt. And when you get hurt, it's going to hurt. But you know what? We've all been there. You're not alone. Jesus is touched. Just bring everybody down. We don't have to have a single file. Just let them all come. Just have them, have them all come up here. Come on up here so I can see you. Look at this. Oh, Jesus has a place for you. And if you can take this as an encouragement, not a criticism, get the whine out of your voice. Amen. That's the way God spoke it to me. Get the whine out of your voice. That's a good way to judge it. If you find yourself reflecting in sadness and sorrow, you need to stop. That's what happened to me. Once I began to put the word in, when those things would come back, I go, oh, oh, oh. Nope, uh -uh. nope, I don't have time to be sad. I've already dealt with this. I don't have time to regret that. I've already dealt with that. I'm moving on. I've, I only have time to be happy. <laughs> I only have time to be full of joy. I'm glad about something. I'm not sad about something. I'm glad. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's who we are. Amen. So say this with me. This is a confession. But these things will put the word right on that hurt and drive it right out of your life. Say this, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. According to the New Testament, I am blessed chosen, blameless, adopted, accepted, redeemed, forgiven, and righteous because the Lord has done great things for me. My mouth is filled with laughter and I am glad. No more sadness, no more sorrow, no regrets. Hallelujah. 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 Oh my. See, well, is this mind over matter? Nope, sure isn't. It might be spirit over matter, but it's not mind over matter. If you put the right stuff in, it works by displacement. Say this with me. Would you close your eyes and pray a little prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for understanding me. I know that you're touched with the feelings of my infirmities. Be the healer of my broken heart. Set me free by your power from events in my past. I don't want to live with regret. I let it go by an act of my own will. And I move on in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit for moving in me, for turning my mourning into dancing, for setting me free, healing my broken heart, and filling me with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
Hallelujah. 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 What, what we want to do, see, is not let these things just sort of spin back in. You know, they're like an app that's running in the background. And they're just draining your battery. It may not be overwhelming like you are depressed, but you're just kind of sad about them. We need to stop all that business. You know, like close them. <laughs> close them. And then when they try to open back up, you go, nope, nope, nope. No, I'm not doing that anymore. Devil, you've used that on me for the last time. Hallelujah. I got cards for you. You want these? Take those cards. I got a good news book for somebody. Would you like that? And then I got this series, Living With No Regrets. I'm going to give it to this lady right here. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for our future. For our future. It's all about now and the future. It's not about the past. Jesus took care of that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Isn't that good for what ails you? That's just like medicine for your soul. Sometimes we, and thank God for it, we apply the word of God to our spirits and we get born again and we apply it to our bodies and we get healed. And I know you have physical healings regularly in here. But this is another area. Did you know you can be debilitated by sadness and sorrow in your, in your mind, in your mental realm? But Jesus paid for that too. And we might as well just get it all. Just wipe away those tears and live the rest of our life with gladness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor, would you come? Glory to God. Thank you so much for letting me come tonight. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you, Lord. All right. God is good. Would you, uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, Take your seats for a minute so we can finish up. What a good night. We're, we want to take a minute to receive our, our offering for this evening. Anybody glad you came to church? Come on. <laughs>